Tiff is starting a revolution one postpartum mama at a time. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast where we chat all things home birth, hot takes, business, and more. I'm your host Catherine, the Pure Doula. And of course you know my sidekick, my baby girl is always with me, Mercy James. (laughs) You'll hear her plenty on this episode. She's staring at me right now while I do this. (laughs) On this week's episode, I welcome back Tiff D. Tiff is a postpartum mindset coach and strategist. What Tiff... Wow. (laughs) What Tiff offers as a postpartum mindset coach bridges the gap between postpartum doula and life coach. Hear her explain how her life-changing services are needed by moms everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're a first-time mom or if this is your 10th child. Going into the postpartum phase prepared and properly supported is something our society lacks. Thankfully, Tiff is here to change that. But first, I wanted to share something exciting. I'm currently working on a guide called Roaring Mama, which is an informed consent guide. It shares all about informed consent, some common birth practices, risks and benefits, worksheets, and more. You can join the waitlist and be one of the first to receive this powerful guide at 90% off. 90% off. I know I'm crazy. (laughs) All you have to do is sign up by going to my Instagram at the pure doula and shoot me a DM. Let me know. There's only 10 spots available. So make sure you snag yours. Now let's get into it. Let's go. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, Tiff. How's that going? Oh my gosh. No, thank you. I know it can be confusing sometimes, depending uh, on what kind of phone you have with this yeah, program. Yeah. And I am, uh, but, are you, do I sound okay? You want me to go get my actual microphone? Oh, no, you sound great. I can okay. hear you. Can you cool. hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear okay. you. And I, I just love your little accent. <laughs> like, where are you from? Or is this just your, your personal... <laughs> I'm from Philly. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think that's it. It's so funny because I've lived like all over North Jersey, South Jersey, Vegas, Texas, <laughs> and um, in Vegas and Texas especially, I used to get that a lot. And I'm like, what accent? Yeah. And I say water. <laughs> yeah. So when I was like a bottle server out in Texas, I'm like, you guys want to get some bottles of water? People yeah, have like, no what? idea. <laughs> they're like what are you trying to say that's so funny it's funny because I grew up saying water and then at some point I switched to saying water and now when I hear people say water I'm like what what is that (laughs) yeah you have this little like it's like a little twist at the end of some of your words my friend Alex does it too and I I should have put it together like yeah it's just the the Philly thing yeah Alex is your friend Alex from Philly yes 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 she's uh, okay that's perfect just should have put it together (laughs) So anyway, how are you? Well, doing? I'm glad. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad that you are able to um, do this again and come back. I think um, 
I mean, I had a blast with you last time. For those who don't know, Tiff has been on here before, but we focused more on the placenta and the benefits of the placenta if you consume it after pregnancy. And um, we briefly touched on like postpartum, but I know that's your thing. Like you are the postpartum specialist. Totally, totally pivoting now, like really just focusing, honing in on that just because you know, you know, our culture. Yes. (laughs) And it's crazy because I'm so happy that you're doing this because there's nothing really when it comes to like education, support, Mm -hmm. you know, there are postpartum doulas, but even I didn't know those existed and I had two birth doulas, you know? So at the time it was like, what yes. like and you don't realize how much help you need so I'm you sorry I'm just yes. excited I no, can't wait good. to hear everything I love you talk. share <laughs> yeah <laughs> but along those lines like it, even for a postpartum doula for me um I'm sort of a private person so like I I knew about postpartum doulas and I knew that I would um I knew that I would benefit from having someone help me with all the things, uh, but at the same time, I also didn't really want anyone in my house, like folding my laundry for mm-hmm. me. And I also felt like um, this wasn't something I should pay for, which I know is a lot of money mindset, which I think we all have to work on, right? Because a lot of these services that we need to pay for that would really help us, it's like, you don't, you mm-hmm. don't see the value in it. But for me, it was like, I don't really want somebody in my house. Um, And, but I also needed support. And for me, postpartum was super surprising because I'm like a little bit of a control freak and a little bit like of a type A personality. And so it's like, once you have the baby, you know, you lose the ability to control all of this stuff. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily having a person in my house to help me with the day-to-day things that I needed. It was more um, a reality check of, you know, maybe, maybe this doesn't actually matter right now. You know, like, um, for me, I remember the main problem I had was my baby, which I'm sure you understand my baby just wanted to nurse all the time, Mm -hmm. which is totally normal, but most of us are not prepared for that. We don't realize it because we don't see women breastfeeding their babies. Right. So we only see people who are, you know, have formula fed their babies and they're on some sort of schedule. And so when you're in it and you're like, oh my God, I just had this baby and now I'm stuck on my couch for like 23 out of 24 hours of a day. Um, and it's like, this can't be normal. But what I really needed was someone to just tell me this, this actually is normal. And just because your floors are dirty right now, this doesn't mean this is your whole life, you know? Right. Like, oh, yeah. I remember just feeling like, what what have I done? What have I done to my life? I will never be able to do anything again because I'm stuck on the couch. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it it took a lot for me to fully accept because our society, we're just so like hustle and hustle and work and boss babe. And like, yes, you know, don't be lazy. Get up. Yeah. And the bounce back. Everybody's yeah. like, you know, wait, wanting you to bounce back, get back in your jeans. And it's like six weeks out, you're good to go. And really at six weeks out, I think I had only showered maybe three times, you know, like, <laughs> I, I did not have my shit together at all. Um, I tell a story about, I had a, one, my very first friend from kindergarten. So we, we were friends since we were five 
And um, she had her second baby three weeks after I had my first baby. And my, yes, exactly. That was my thought, right? It was like, we're pregnant together. This is going to be great. Our kids are going to be friends. Um, And then, (laughs) but it didn't necessarily work out that way because I found that she was a very different type of mom than I was like, she did not breastfeed, you know, everything was schedule oriented and all that, which is fine. I'm not in, in judgment about that, but she invited me over. So her baby was probably about a week old. And so mine was like a month old. And literally I, I, I rem- still remember like just feeling like utter shit, you know, like looking in the mirror going like, whose body is this? And like my baby, like I said, was attached to me for 23 hours of the day and he hated the car and so it was like I went to her house and it was only maybe a 15 minute drive, but he screamed the whole way. And this kid screamed like he was on fire. So it was stressful. And yeah. we get there and I'm totally disheveled. He's crying. And I walk in her house. Her house is perfectly clean. It smells like candles and brownies. She's beautiful, <laughs> like her hair, every makeup, heels even. And her baby's asleep in the pack and play. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? You know? (laughs) I feel you. And it's like what you're saying about our culture, like expecting this hustle culture and expecting, like, that's what's normal, right? In our culture, it's normal for women to get right back at it and, you know, look good bake brownies and 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 it's like when we parent the way we do in a more like natural biologically normal way um you sort of feel yeah like you're doing it wrong you know in the beginning Mm -hmm. especially for those of us again who if you have a little bit of a control situation in your brain or if you're like um you're parenting in a way that your parents didn't do it or your friends didn't do it like you feel very alone and very much like this can't be it like this is this is really this hard you know it's like you don't have your people yet you don't have your mom friends yet and so there's nobody validating your experience um so I think that's like a huge thing that's missing because like you said yes there's postpartum doulas and then you know a lot of doulas will address like you know what to expect postpartum but usually it's not comprehensive and we have all these unrealistic expectations of what it's going to be like, especially, you know, my focus is working with, with moms who are parenting naturally, right? Like, cause I do think on the one hand, it is easier to, to do it when you're like following the mainstream, you know, you're just kind of mm-hmm. able to schedule things. And, you know, if you're feeding with a bottle and formula, like, I'm not saying that anytime mothering is easy, it's always hard, but like, it's a little bit more able to, like, you're able to control things a little bit more. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's, that is very easy for the mom, I would say. You yeah. Know, it, and I'm not here to judge, like, everyone knows how, what I view and what I think, whatever, whatever. But yeah. it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's easy for mom, but like, is it as beneficial for baby sometimes? You know, it's oh, like, yeah. It, you know, like, it's so easy yeah. for you to get back to what society thinks you should be doing. Yeah. Yes. But is that taking some things away from baby? Right. You know? And I'm sure baby is always fine. Baby is taking care yes. of not saying you're, the mom's not doing a great job, you know, 100%. but it's just like, just that yeah. difference. And, and I think that when we can accept like, Hey, like 
it's totally fine. Your house is, you live in your house. Mm-hmm. Like, there's stuff on the floor. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. <laughs> you have laundry to do. So what? You didn't shower in a week. So what? Right. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and I think that that's like the big, the big problem for so many of us is that nobody's telling us that, you know, like you see all these influencers, these perfect moms. And that's why I tell everybody, like, curate your social media. If you're pregnant for the first time, like, Anybody who's out there showing a perfect house and a perfectly dressed baby, like get them out of your feed because that is not (laughs) normal, right? Like normal is messy. Normal is disheveled. Like it is so normal, but nobody's normalizing it. And, and again, yeah, because what we see on TV and in the real world are, are one, it's obviously very curated, but also it's, again, when you're not parenting, like from that biological standpoint, it does make things a little bit easier. And, and those of us who do it more naturally, we're constantly judged, right? Like we're constantly being made to feel like we're doing it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's that other level of like, either feeling like you're doing it wrong or feeling like you need to prove to everyone that you're not doing it wrong, you know, like, so it's like, I got to constantly be defending myself. And that's such a whole other level of stress, right? It's like, not only, I remember like, every time I would go to feed my kid, my dad would say, he's hungry again. He's got to eat again. <laughs> and it's like, like, what world is that normal to ask people that question, right? Like, mm-hmm. no. And, and also like, you know, people don't understand. It's not always just about eating it's also about comfort like we don't live in a world where people see what's normal what's biologically normal and I think this is like really good everything we've been saying so far because it kind of just really shows the missing piece of what you are doing yeah feeling you know so like you know postpartum doula like you said I'm like kind of weird with people doing things in my in my living space and stuff yeah but and they're not so much there for like your mindset or coaching or anything like that exactly and you are kind of like that gap where you can give them tips on how to deal with like things that have to be done but like you're helping them understand so why don't you kind of like explain that like what exactly so let me Grab some paper here. Um, so, so what I'm doing now is, is the, the hardest part about what I'm doing now is, you know, women, we don't believe that we need this kind of help. <laughs> so it's yeah. like we, and I know for myself, I would have been the same way. It's like, you know, ah, people will say I'm, I'm as ready as I, as I will be for this baby. Like, but you know, that's not accurate. We can be more prepared. And, and I, the way that I compare it is, so I used to teach sixth grade and um, <clears throat> when I, I went to college, right? I got my degree. I took my, I did my student teaching, all the practicums, and I was prepared, I thought, right? And then I went into my classroom the first day. It was my own classroom. And I was like, holy shit, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is all on me now, right? And even though I had all that education and preparation, I still felt totally unprepared. And it was still a lot of on-the-job training. So, but when we look at mothering, right, we don't even do 
the education and the preparation. We just jump right in. And of course, a lot of it's always going to be on the job training, but we also can be more prepared for realistically, you know, what to expect. Because again, we don't see the reality of this. We don't, we parent behind closed doors. And as you know, that's not how humans are meant to do this, right? We are social creatures. We are not meant to be figuring this out alone with just our husband or our partner. We are meant to have a group of other women supporting us, but we don't have that. So we have to prepare. Like people will say, oh, but people have been having babies since the beginning of time, right? It's the same with birth. People will say that. Like, why do I need to learn? I'll, people can do this. This is a natural thing. But, it's like, <laughs> but you're not giving birth the way people used to give birth. You're giving birth in a hospital setting where it's like very patriarchal and like, People are telling you, you have to do it this way. And it's like, you're being told to ignore your body. And so you have to prepare. And so it's the same with mothering or parenting postpartum is like, you have to prepare, you have to learn. You can't just jump right in and expect it to be great. Now, again, sure. Some people have an amazing postpartum one. They might have an easy baby. They might have a great support system. Or again, if you're just, you know, doing formula and cry it out and, and scheduling like yeah that's going to be easier but if we're trying to parent from our instincts we we need to understand what's normal what's biologically normal right so what i try to do is prepare people I, so i came up with this it's the fourth trimester action plan and it's got four parts to it or oh, sorry eight eight parts to it so there's eight goals and it, it really starts from the very beginning so with laying the and that talks about like how important it is for us to prepare for our birth experience, right? Because as you know, your birth experience is going to have an outcome, like a, a, an influence on what type of postpartum experience you have, right? So if you have a traumatic birth, you're already behind the eight ball because you're, you're traumatized by your birth. And so to, to come home with this baby and try to parent, like you're already in a hole you're trying to dig out of. So it's so important that we all have at least a basic understanding of like how birth works, right? Um, and then as far as like preparing for your baby, just finding, connecting with the resources. Like for me anyway, I didn't know anybody who had a baby and I didn't know anybody who had a baby the way I was having a baby. So you have to really find these people ahead of time, right? Oh, and then do you know about Be Her Village? I'm trying to tell everybody about this. So Be yeah. Her Village. Dude, every doula needs to be telling everybody, every client about this. So Be Her Village is a, it's an online registry for moms, but it's all services. So Catherine, you can list your doula services on Be Her Village and people can register for doula support. Oh, wow. Yes. And so you That's can share really that with cool. your client. Yeah. So, and it's like, it's literal, like they don't have to pay for your whole package. They can pay whatever they want towards it and it's literally like just money into an account for you to pay for those services but like there's doula childbirth ed lactation support my services are on there like so but but it's new so like a lot of people don't know about it but I talk to moms too about curating your your baby registry so that you're not just preparing for baby you're preparing for your postpartum right so there's so many things that we can do to make our life easier and my one thing I tell everybody is to like, just install a bidet on your toilet because anything we can do to make postpartum life more comfortable and less gross and weird is just amazing to me, right? 
Um, yeah, so I mean, like, that's genius. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I, I didn't, I installed one, like, uh, a few years ago because I was still wiping my kid's butt, and I'm like, you're way too big. I'm not doing this anymore. So I got the bidet, and I was like, oh, shit, this would have been brilliant to have had postpartum, like, or even every month on your cycle. It's like, yeah, you just feel fresh and clean, and it's amazing. But so, like, there's so many of these little tips that we can do to just make our day-to-day life postpartum so much easier. Um, and I, and I talked to you about, like building your family brand and coming up with like an actual vision statement and mission statement for your family, right? Because we tend to just jump right into parenting. And I say, what if you did that with your business? What if you had no vision or mission for your business, right? It wouldn't last very long because that's important. But why do we skip this? We skip it with with building a family when that's way more important than any business that we're ever gonna, you know, start. Um, it's a great then, analogy because I'm sorry, like no, yeah. people do so much research with stuff like business or yeah. like if they just go on a vacation, yeah, <laughs> like you said, oh like our family, yeah, 100%. Which is the most important, sorry, yep. Mercy's freaking out for a banana I right hear. now. But yeah, like for real, like you said, with a business, we plan like we vacation, your wedding, people plan you know for a year or more planning for a wedding or and even going back to the money mindset thing the comparison of people will say oh I can't afford a doula or I can't afford Mm. postpartum coaching and it's like yeah but how much did you spend on your wedding gown right like you know (laughs) (laughs) it's all perspective you know and and it's what do we value in this culture and really my whole thing for all of this is every every woman who is investing in their birth and their postpartum, that it is not just for that time period. It's not just for that day. It's not just for those first months. Like this is basically laying the foundation for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like postpartum is forever. Postpart- mm-hmm. and, and the habits that we fall into, the systems that we just accidentally fall into in those first weeks and months, they tend to stick, right? So like in the beginning, if your partner is allowing you to do everything, right? Because you're breastfeeding and it's like, well, it's all on you. Well, then this is what's going to happen forever. <laughs> your partner is yeah. doing everything. And then two, three years down the line, you're going to go, he doesn't help. He doesn't do anything around the house. Like, well, because that's how you set it up in the beginning. But in the beginning, you can't, you can't think you're just, it's, you're holding on by a thread and you're just making decisions on the fly. And so that's why I say we have to have all these conversations ahead of time. You have to plan for who's going after that baby arrives, because in the moment you're making on the fly decisions and they never work, right? It's like survival of the fittest in the beginning and it's not a time for decision-making. So we really got to, just really I'm working on trying to help people feel really prepared but as we know like we said like we don't know until we're in it so I also am offering this postpartum support where it's like rescue and recovery where after the fact when you're in it and you're feeling very alone you can you would have me to turn to and like talk about what's normal and so it's sort of like a postpartum doula but really just for 
unloading, you know, like, and, and, and having somebody who's been there to tell you it's normal, or maybe give you like some tips or ideas that you haven't thought about. And it's, you know, it's all nice. Like, we have all have our therapists these days. And that's fantastic. And, you know, we have our pediatricians, we can call if we have questions, but those are always, you know, a call, leave a message and wait. And I remember yep. um, when <laughs> oh, it's, and it can be so stressful, right? But like, I remember um, when I was first starting out, I literally sat down and wrote an email to like all the moms I knew that I thought were, you know, maybe the type of mom I would want to get advice from that had kids already that were, you know, they're already in it, had an experience. And literally I was just begging for help because I, I had, I couldn't put my baby down and it was killing me. I was like, I can't put him down. He won't sleep without me. No, no, no. And I was just hoping for some glimmer of hope or advice, something that would help me. And, and I literally all I got back advice for, you know, you got to let him cry. You got to let him cry. Uh, I know. And, and I was like, that's not helpful. I'm not going to do that. That's going against my instincts. And, oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. I think when we judge other moms, we, we feel like uh, we, we go against our own instincts. And that's when we start to feel so out of touch, right? And so like when we, we talk about parenting from our instincts, we, when we're, we're so out of touch, I think in this world with what's natural and normal, we've been taught not to trust ourselves. And so that's where I think these mommy wars sometimes come from. Like we have to tiptoe around like earlier when you were saying like with the formula, yes, it, breastfed, it is healthier to breastfeed your baby. This is not to say your kid is going to be traumatized or horrible or not smart or sick or whatever if you give formula, but like I think we tiptoe around what's natural and true a lot of times and people get offended and they don't want to hear it, but I think it's because they know in their gut, like instinctively, we're meant to breastfeed our babies. We're not meant to let our babies cry alone, but the world we live in it makes it nearly impossible to parent biologically because again, like you said, we're always, you know, rush, 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 busy, 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 back to work. And, you know, it's like, we're so out of touch with what's biologically normal that that's where I think a lot of times you get this like back and forth and lack of conversation. Instead, it's just a lot of judgment and stuff, but. So um, true. And it's interesting how like we have to tiptoe around the formula mm -hmm. moms. Mm -hmm. Or like the cry it out moms, but yeah. how much negativity and like talking <laughs> down to we get I know. for contact naps or yep. you know feeding on demand or whatever. Like it's yep. just so interesting. And I know. <laughs> I think you're right with how it like just triggers that like subconscious knowing of crap maybe I'm doing this wrong I can't yeah. handle this conversation or right. whatever I'm probably gonna get crap for saying that well you know it's not wrong right like nobody, no, nobody yeah. thinks what they're doing is wrong because that's why you're doing it right but I mm -hmm. think maybe I'm me yeah like it's it's simply a matter of I think we're we're so many of us are being forced to go against our instincts because and I shouldn't even say forced it's all a choice but it's like you, yeah, you might question. And I know those were my moments, like my shittiest parenting moments were the moments where I was being watched and I didn't trust my gut. And I, I was worried about judgment. And so I made a decision that was outside of me. 
And Mm. those were the moments where I was so, I was like the worst parent I could be. And I think we just, from when we're little, right? All of our parents probably, that was that generation, they they didn't trust us to trust ourselves. So it was a lot of rules and a lot of, um, you know, do as I say, that kind of thing. And so we were just taught to not trust ourselves, you know, like be careful and all this. And it's like, we grew up then and didn't trust ourselves. And then that's why we have the rate of cesareans that we have because so many women are just trusting their doctors. I did it too. I mean, my first baby, I just trusted my doctor and, you know, one thing leads to another and then suddenly your birth has been taken from you. And, uh, but it's again, because we've, we've been taught not to trust ourselves and instead we trust the authority. I'm using air quotes. Um, (laughs) we trust the, the doctors, we trust the neighbor down the street. We trust, you know, aunt Jane and, and instead of trusting ourselves. And I think if we could all just learn to trust ourselves, we already know, we already know how to give birth. We already know how to parent these babies, but there's so much noise, so much external bullshit coming at us that it's hard to know because there's, it's all seems to be conflicting anyway. Right. I just have to clap for what you said, because (laughs) you nailed it. You nailed it. I thought the baby was true. (laughs) (laughs) but it's very true everything you said it it really is about just okaying yourself and trusting yourself Mm -hmm. and it definitely was a generational thing with you know how we were raised and how they were like forced to trust authority and now they Mm -hmm. thought we should or whatever it it, it is very interesting it goes very very deep um but I mean what you're doing is great because like you said, like, yeah, there's therapists in people's lives or there's pediatricians or postpartum doulas, but like, there's still like that missing piece. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're doing. Like a therapist really isn't going to <laughs> level with you or like, right. they're just, you know, or your pediatrician yeah. is, if you tell them the truth, they're going to be like calling uh-huh. like, a psych ward or something, yes. you know, <laughs> or, or CPS. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What you're doing is needed. Yeah. Like we, I feel like too, for us as natural parents, it's so hard because pediatricians, they don't know anything about really what's natural as far as sleep goes or breastfeeding. And so they're giving out flat out wrong information and it's frustrating. And I remember for myself, I knew, I knew the things my pediatrician was telling me didn't align with my values but I didn't have anywhere to turn because I didn't have anybody else. Right. And so you have to find them. And for me, I luckily I found my breastfeeding support group and stuff. But in those first weeks and months, when you're just alone trying to figure it out and you all you have is the internet, it's like, holy shit. So yeah. So for me, like when people hire me, they have on-call access to me, like with Marco Polo app, which is video messaging or Voxer or text, you know, whatever works for them. So like that's great. Yeah, like you can say, holy, holy shit, my baby's poop was just this horrid color. Is this normal? And like, yeah, I can write back right away instead of having to call the pediatrician and then be made to feel like you're an idiot for calling to ask this question. You know? You know? <laughs> like, calm crazy. down, mom. Calm down. Yeah. It's like, no, no new mom is calm. We're all terrified that our baby is not going to be healthy and like thriving, you know, and that's normal. Mm-hmm. 
but there's, yeah, there's nowhere to turn. And we, I mean, I think the number is like, uh, Lanniso did a, a, um, a study recently, a survey of like, I think it was 800 and some moms and like 88% of them said that they believe that our culture doesn't support postpartum women. Like, I mean, that's insane. That that's almost, a high number. Yeah. Like almost all of us are like, no, I didn't feel supported by the, the world at large. Like it's insane. That's so crazy. It right. is. And it's like another thing that I think, um, is great with what you're doing by putting that what you're doing out there is making it feel okay for moms to admit that they need someone like you to speak with or admit like hey I need like a shoulder to cry on or I need Uh help with this or something because the other thing is like I feel like we're also like conditioned to like not ask for help or feel shame because we're doing that yeah so oh yeah I think you putting that out there is going to like give a lot of confidence to women just to even take that first step I hope so because this like I said earlier this is not normal the way that we're parenting it's not normal to do it by ourselves and even you know my mom I love my mom dearly and she has helped me so much but I still remember in the beginning her saying well I did it by myself you'll manage and it's like (laughs) is that all we want for our people is to manage like no I mean we we are such an individualized culture that everybody just is like oh you should be able to do it on your own and so then yeah women don't want to one they don't want to admit when they need help and if they do admit it they don't want to ask for help and we don't accept help when people do offer and Mm -hmm. you know that's the thing and people too i think they offer help like but you can't say to a new mom what can i do how can i help like they're never gonna they're never going to say what they need, but like, right. We need to start asking. We need to just start saying to new moms, I'm going to come over and I'm going to cook. I'm going to prepare three dinners for you, like, and put them in the freezer, like, or I'm just going to bring you food or we like, we as a culture need to learn. And I hope, I hope that the more moms that receive support that they need will then pass it on. Right. Like, yeah me my adorable neighbor across the street just had a baby so I'm like you know constantly checking in on her and I'm bringing her food and it's like you know she I see that her family is over a lot so I know she has a lot of support but if I if she were over there alone I'd take her dogs for a walk or I would just go over and say here I'm gonna come fold your laundry for you or whatever like we have to as a culture start stepping up for moms because the the number of women who are struggling with postpartum depression anxiety um or whatever it's it's out of control and it's not necessary like it's not a lot of it can be avoided these are things that just happen um coincidentally or to all of us but it's not like there's there's studies that are connecting you know lack of support to these mood and anxiety disorders postpartum and also nutrition right like uh b12 iron vitamin d these are all mood hormones and so when our when our b12 is low or our vitamin d is low like that can mimic depressive symptoms but we have such a lack of education about like what's normal postpartum and postpartum nutrition you know people are like oh postpartum eat salads and yogurts and and be healthy and no like there's so much 
more, we need nutrient dense foods, especially when we're breastfeeding. But again, because we live in a culture where formula feeding is the norm, we're not getting the information that we need. It's so true. And it's just, it's just really like, reminds me because like I, I believe everything in this world is inverted you know so it's like yes. whatever this world is telling you to do it's, <laughs> it's usually the opposite I'm with you I'm with you <laughs> like you're telling me to eat leaves after I give birth right? to like be healthy like I don't yeah think so. <laughs> exactly exactly but I do think it all comes back to the fact that we just don't honor the process in this in our culture right like I mean I know you go to Europe it's not the same you know talk about pelvic floor therapy here I mean I literally only heard of pelvic floor therapy within the past few years but come to find out that in Europe it is just part of the maternal care system like when you're having a baby pelvic floor therapy is just included <laughs> like wow yeah I had and, no idea right and so I mean I follow on TikTok a lot of people who have left the states to go live in Europe and and it's like you hear them compare the way women are treated in in their perinatal period over there and it's like wow wow they're actually cared for and um here it is just not that way and we just all have to step up and talk about this stuff more like you said earlier and share the information and we have to normalize what is normal <laughs> like right like right now yeah no 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 you please go no i was just gonna say like what what's normal now is not the norm right like it's not biologically normal we have we have culturally normalized so many things that are not biologically normal and so those of us who are parenting from this biological standpoint aren't getting the support or the information that we need because the culture at large doesn't have the information or they don't want to share it i don't know it's so true and it can easily sabotage just instinctual mother like i know at one point i i went to a a well visit and um Mercy was probably it was probably only maybe like a couple months you know I don't know Mm -hmm. exactly the time frame but only a couple months after birth and it wasn't the pediatrician we actually like who honors and respects our choices like he's amazing I guess Mm -hmm. he wasn't there this day for some reason Mm -hmm. and I learned my lesson like I'm only (laughs) booking with my doctor like don't go with anyone else but anyway, he was like, oh, you're breastfeeding? Okay, well, you need to add some formula. Oh, my bottle. God. Yeah, I was like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. What do you mean? You know, and had I not been, like, so crazy, mm-hmm. I am about researching everything, mm-hmm. that could have easily been done and sabotaged. Absolutely. Breastfeeding and, like, Absolutely. the way she sleeps and this and that, you know? Absolutely. So- right. And that's where you get into like where women are like, oh, I couldn't breastfeed or breastfeeding was bad for my mental health. And it's like, it wasn't the breastfeeding. It was the lack of support Mm -hmm. and the lack of information. I mean, and I don't care if you choose not to breastfeed, that's I'm not judging that. But what upsets me is for women who want to breastfeed. And they were sabotaged by, yes, Mm -hmm. like you said, incorrect information and all this nonsense. Like, I remember my, my best friend at the time, like, I was trying to nurse and, you know, 
The kid was like flailing around, crying and all that. And she was like, I think he's hungry. And I was a new mom. And to hear that is scary, right? Mm -hmm. And she didn't know. She didn't breastfeed her own baby. So why would she interject and give me that, even to put that fear in my head? Luckily, like you said, I knew I had my midwife on my side. I knew I was had a lactation insult I was working with. Like I knew that wasn't the case. But how many moms don't have anybody else to tell them otherwise? And then that's scary. And then you go, are you right? I don't want to starve my kid. I'm going to give him formula. And it's like, live in a world that just doesn't understand so much of this. And, you know, the co-sleeping, the bed sharing stuff is like enraging to me because, I mean, the only reason I got any sleep was because I was bed sharing. And the number of people that will tell you, like, you're putting your your kid in danger, you're going to kill your baby. And it's like, no, this is so normal in other parts of the world. Like, yeah, I just saw a post the other day about like, um, in Russia, they just call it sleeping. <laughs> you know, like, right. that's just what it is. Like the baby's going to sleep. And I'm like, wow. Wouldn't that be so nice? Why can't right. it just be like, <laughs> And then for those of us who do it, like you you were not going to share it with the pediatrician. We're not going to talk about it because you're afraid that you're going to be judged or worse. And Mm -hmm. and it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for a whole number of reasons. And I, my heart just breaks for women who are home alone, struggling, thinking that it's just them, you know, like there's so many of us, but in the beginning, before you find each other, you know, like now it's, I, I guess with social media, it's a little easier, but if you don't know what hashtags to be searching, because when the beginning, you don't know, you don't know the terminology. So it's like by chance you might find people, but it's, and, and, and it's easy to sway when you feel alone and like you're doing it wrong, you know, and, right. and, and the kids suffer in the end because they're, they want, they need they need closeness with their mom. And when we're told all the time, like you're spoiling the baby or this or that, like, ugh. It's so crazy. And I I was just on TikTok earlier and there's like, I guess this new word I learned that's (laughs) trend um, saying you have a Velcro baby Mm -hmm. and it's just videos of, of moms just like clowning it like oh I can't do this because I have a velcro baby and yeah. I commented on one I'm like what is this like velcro I'm like how about it's just a baby uh-huh. <laughs> exactly I remember using that term for my kid because I didn't see other people with babies like that and mm. that's the thing is like that is normal you're right right like, it's just a baby but in our culture, so many people are just going to put their kid right in a container. And when they're in a container, then they are broken of that need to be attached to you. But that's, yeah. again, not biologically normal, right? No. It's normal it's in so our wild. culture. Right. Yeah. Oh, the containers, like, I mean, the number of containers you can put your kid in these days is, is insane. It's <laughs> endless, right? Like, there's aisles and aisles. Well, not anymore because bye-bye baby is bye-bye. But, like, you know, you... <laughs> You, on Amazon, like you're going to find any variety. It's like, there's so many options and it's like, yeah. what we just need yeah. arms really. Maybe yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't need it. all these, like a bouncy seat so you can shower, but you know, beyond right. that, like a car seat to drive, but you know, so many people with the baby in the car seat and the, the infant carrier and it's like clip in, clip out. And like your kid's just uh. in the carrier all the time. Like 
it's just so strange to me you know it is and like the um I ha- I did get the bouncer, you know, so I could try and shower. Yeah. And yeah. I was like at one point like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And this goes back to like early on not really having anyone yeah. to like understand or was like on the same wavelength at yes. the same time. Yes. Or whatever. And so I'm like, all right, I need to get a um <laughs> what's it called? A playpen and put it yeah. in the playpen. <laughs> so I searched for the biggest one I could find on Amazon because I'm like, all right, at least if it's fake, it's like, you know, how the chickens are like at the yeah. farm with the eggs. Like <laughs> it's confined, but she's got space, you know. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I I I I only used it when I was in there with her. Because right. <laughs> Otherwise, she would cry, and yeah. I'm like, I can't do this to oh you. Oh my like, god, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. So exactly. it, it serves as like a storage. Like we just yep. throw stuff in there. Exactly, and that's, <laughs> and that's so common. It's so common, like out of desperation, you run out and buy things that you don't need. There's no solution, right? Like mm-hmm. there really isn't. And 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 I think if we could all just realize that in the beginning, yeah, your showers are going to be short, and maybe again, some people are lucky and they get a baby that's gonna just chill. That's not my experience. And <laughs> it's not the experience of a lot of women. So we are not talking to you guys with the, the easy baby. No. <laughs> like we're talking about this situation where the attachment bond is hardcore. And like that baby just wants to be with mom. What I ended up doing was, and I'm sure maybe I'll get shit for this for being unsafe, but like, I would just <laughs> shower and hold him in the shower while oh, I, I shower. Like, yeah. Like I just, was like fuck it I need to get in the shower and he's gonna scream so it's gonna suck and he loved it he just loved I would just hold I mean you know and and he just loved to be in the water with me or I would have my ex-husband that was one thing he did a lot like he would just bathe with the baby because our kid didn't like a bathtub either like what baby doesn't like a bath yeah So, (laughs) so so like he would just get in the tub with him and that was their bonding time so like there are ways you can manage when and, and again, if we remember, it's just temporary, right? Like you're not going to have mm-hmm. to get in the shower with your baby forever. It's just those first few months or, but we don't, you don't know that in the beginning, right? In the beginning. No, you don't. Like, it feels like forever. Yes. It really does. Yes. And then I saw the other day, which like, again, I didn't know this at the time. Like I'm constantly learning, you know, I saw the other day that babies don't even realize they're like separate from you yes. for seven months. Isn't that crazy? So, it's so crazy and I think that alone oh. can like just make so many women understand yes. like okay yes now I get it <laughs> yeah and that's why like, you'll notice like a lot of times when people are saying they have a colicky baby it chills out right around seven months because yeah. like, that's when they're like oh okay and think about it you know we as humans are born really prematurely because our brains are so big like we wouldn't be able to fit out if we stayed in seven more months so like mm-hmm. it makes sense. We're born prematurely. We other mammals, they come out and they're walking, right? Our babies Yo, take so true. time, right? So they need to be held. They still don't understand that there is a separation. And if we were to normalize that and have actual paid parental leave in this country so that you know both partners could be home to experience this, like there's so many systems set in place to to set us all up for failure. And to set us all up to abandon our instincts. Um, but that's, we need to change all of it. It's like this systemic underlying nonsense that's, that's sabotaging all of us. And it's affecting all of our kids 
it's affecting all of us, you know, like the number of us therapy or medicated, right? Like it's an effed up world. (laughs) It really, it really, really is like, just burn it all down. Let's start over. (laughs) That's why I was like, I'm going to call this business fourth trimester revolution because I'm all about a revolution everywhere we look, we need to be having a revolution and we need to start with the fourth trimester, because like I said, this is setting us up for the rest of our lives. And so if you start out behind the eight ball, you're always playing catch up. But if we can come into the postpartum period feeling empowered and like emboldened and to be standing in our truth and like making noise and taking up space, like that's it. We're going to change the world and our kids are going to see us and our kids are going to change the world. And that's my hope. (laughs) Oh, that gave me chills. That was so well said. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. Everyone needs a tip and they're like, every (laughs) pregnant woman needs a tip. (laughs) Well, thank you. And they all need a Catherine too. We need a village. You know that we need, we need everybody. And, and we used to have it. That's the thing. Like, hundreds of years ago, we had all these women around us and now we don't. And so now it's like, you got to build your own village and you unfortunately got to pay for it because we all need to make a living too. But you know, it, it can work. And I, I mean, my hope is that in the, in the future, nobody needs any of us because we're all going to tap into our own instincts and be able to do this by ourselves. But yes. you know, that's, the goal. that's the goal. In the meantime, in the meantime, yes, yeah. yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I love it. Thing is just so incredible so needed gosh it's just thank you it 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 blows me away it's just constant chills the whole time talking to you because it's just so needed you're welcome um i will link your instagram in the description um so women can hire you and they can i will link that app you were talking about too yes it's beherevillage.com yes beherevillage.com so they can find you on there very easily as well and then you get yourself on there too and then they can get you too (laughs) yeah i'm 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 gonna look that up right right like (laughs) we should all be registering for for services not stuff yes yes (laughs) yes yes okay so um Hit Tiff up on Instagram. You also have a website, correct? Yep, it's tiffd.com and it's D-E-E. Okay, that I'll put down below as well. Awesome, cool, And that way, hopefully, even if it's just a chat or like ask for your advice or something, you know, like those little things can really help new moms. So please don't be scared to reach out for help, for support. We're here. Um, we love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad you were able to come back on and we got this. It might be a little chopped and screwed. But we got it done. <laughs> uh, I hope it doesn't take you too long to edit. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm sure I'll be uh, nap trapped again sometime. Soon, so I hear you. the perfect time. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. All right, girlfriend. We'll talk well, soon. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I will talk to you on Instagram for sure. Okay, girlfriend. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I want to thank Tiff D for joining me again and sharing her gift, her knowledge, and just being available to service all the women. She's incredible. So make sure you go to the description below. Check out how to follow her, how to check out her website, how to follow me, all things birth and postpartum. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it five stars. 
Share it to your story. Tag me. Let us know what you think. Because of you guys, the listeners, I'm able to keep doing this. Yeah, bless.